0: Welcome to Story, your go-to podcast series on breakout startups and the secret heroes behind them. Each week, we bring you fresh new take on leading figures in the startup landscape as we deep dive in their startup journeys. In today's episode, we have Neville, the man behind copywritingcourse.com. Neville, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Could you tell us a bit about, I mean, what does copywriting mean for those who don't know? How would you describe that?
1: Yeah, in my opinion, copywriting means putting information from my head into your head or my head into a million people's heads and using the best conveyance possible. So sometimes that's text, sometimes it's images, sometimes it's video, sometimes it's all of the above. And that's, in my opinion, what copywriting is. And with a specific focus on trying to sell something or convey some specific piece of information.
0: I mean, uh, when you see this uh, as coming into play, Like. Uh, I see that we can uh, definitely use
1: that on, let's say, landing pages. Uh, What are the use cases for copywriting? I mean, my personal favorite one is email because you could send it to 100,000 people and if you get the message across uh, effectively and they need your product at that time, uh, you give them an option to buy and they buy immediately. And so it's actually across any medium that you think of. So like I said, text, video, images, all those things You are trying to sell something eventually. So if you have a Twitter account, if you have a Facebook account, any social media account, you're putting out videos right now. The ultimate goal of all of these is to get someone to buy your product, right? And so what's the best way to do that? And sometimes it's actually putting out helpful content like this, where it's not specific. We're not saying buy cloud devs or anything like that. But at the same time, you're trying to establish yourself as authority. Then people check out cloud devs. So that's what copywriting is. It's the train of thought to get people to a sale, and which is the best way to do that. And it's constantly changing with technology.
0: Right, what would be your real one, like first time you had results with copy- copywriting? Maybe you did something, uh, it can you like real or let's say the ownership moment, this thing works.
1: Yeah, and it was, it was quite dramatic actually. I was running a rave company, like rave parties. I've never been to a rave in my entire life till this day, but I ran a rave dropshipping company it was called House of Rave. And it was essentially the way that we got people to buy was we dominated the search engine results. People found us and they would buy. So it was almost like I would hope and pray people find us and then they would buy. And that worked fine. But then I started learning about copywriting from a friend's recommendation. And I started reading about this. And I was like, huh. I I was sad and happy at the same time. Sad that I realized I think I've been messing up how I've been trying to sell things this whole time. And happy that I had just discovered it. And so overnight, House of became like an email marketing company, more so than an SEO company. And the reason was we started, we started presenting sales in different ways. Before I'd say, we have a product on sale, buy it. But that's it. That was that was the whole thing. That's what I thought uh, you do. And I never realized maybe you could tell a story about this. Maybe you can show some reasons people would be interested in this. Maybe you could show some alternative use cases for this product and really get people invested in the product, see the value of the product and then offer them a sale. And so we did that and overnight, that was like our top selling day. And, and, and from then on, that's how we made most of our money from email. And that was because of copywriting. Just, we just changed the words in our email around. And there was a dramatically different result because we were already sending emails. We already had email sending software. No technology changed, just the way we approached it changed. That's it.
0: What kind of difference are you talking about here in terms of numbers? Let's say pre uh, revenue uh, before you did this, the revenue was X. What kind of um, uh, uh, increments did you see after that?
1: Yeah. So I actually know exactly. So it cost me 80 bucks a month for the email sending software and I would make $40 a month off of emails. So I was going negative actually. And I I thought that maybe I'm just doing to put my brand out there, right? That's the way I thought at the time. And then when I started doing this, each email would bring in three to 10 grand, depending on the sale that we did. Right. And so every time we sent out an email, we can depend on revenue. Yes. So you
0: used to be in negative. Then you went to like three to 10 grand, yes. like three, to three
1: overnight. It costs more to have the tech to send the email than we'd actually make on email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one was buying anything. That, that, that's the funny part. That's why I told you it was dramatic. It went from negative to actually being the main driver of our sales. All right. Um, I mean, how I, and then, and then I'm not even counting, I'm not even counting the time that I took. So I very much prided myself on making good images. So we take all these images. So if you count the amount of time per newsletter, it was probably 10 to 20 hours, uh, of, of my own sweat equity, putting that in, not to mention just, we were just going negative on the money part. So it was, it was almost kind of a hilarious type of thing I was doing. It was almost a negative. It was negative, which is not a good business practice. Uh Uh-huh.
0: So so let's say a, a founder just starting out. Um, He has his landing page explaining his product. Uh, Maybe he has generic stuff right now. Uh, How would you go about describing it? What would be the best approach to sell it um, on a landing page?
1: Well, it, it depends. It, so, so the landing page, just remember, the landing page is not the thing that we're focusing on. The landing page is just a piece of tech that we currently use. Currently, a lot of people expect to go to a landing page. Just remember, 30 years ago, no one ever went to a landing page ever because it didn't exist. And so, so that it was a different way of getting the message out. So I would take stock of what that person has right so let's say you have a really really large linkedin following of saas founders well i would probably start right there you know screw the landing page first i would focus on that audience in uh, the other thing but to answer your question what would you put on the landing page i would basically i would describe it in one sentence like we are talking to each other so for example uh, cl- cloud devs explain in one sentence what it does uh
0: be better deal the sense
1: Okay, so, so if you need tech talent from Latin American countries, you go to cloud devs, right? So I would, I would put something like that. So I think a lot of founders, especially very technical founders, will try to describe their technology and technologist type terms. And that's great if you're talking to a CTO, but if you're talking to the average user, they don't really care about your technology. They kind of care about the end results that you get. So when I buy an iPhone, I don't particularly care that they develop some sort of neural network chip. I just know that it takes really good photos. That's that's all I really care about. And if I really want to dive down, I can find that information, but it's not necessary to show, you know, on the front of the homepage necessarily. Just show me that this takes more awesome photos than anything. And so just simply describing things like you would describe to a person is the number one thing, especially I tell to engineers. It's like, how would you tell me in one sentence or your mom what this product does? And that's what the landing page should have, just a bunch of those different features. And my favorite thing to do for software is just show it show it in action, show a GIF. show a video software is pretty binary. It either does the task or it does not, <laughs> you can't really lie about it. That, so, so it's great. So if I'm buying uh, let's say software, like Calendly, it shows me a GIF of someone booking a time. And then it just goes in my, uh, uh, schedule. That's it. I, I understand intuitively from that GIF what happened. I don't even really need to describe. It.
0: So based on what you're saying, you may just count as copywriting as well. So it's not just necessarily words, right? Uh,
1: it's not, uh, absolutely. I think the, the term copywriting expands as the, as the technology expands. So when people say it's just the written word, I'm like, I mean, look at any software company's webpage. Do you think, is it only written words? I would implore you to find any of them that is just written words. And so, like I said, my definition of copywriting is not just text on a page. It's getting information from my brain to your brain in the most efficient way possible. Maybe it's an image with zero text on it. I still consider that copywriting. Yes.
0: Got it. Uh, Let's look back to the initial question. Let's say you're just starting out as a founder, right? You want to bring in traffic. Um, You want to use copywriting, your writing skills um, um, uh, to bring in traffic. I think you mentioned really important thing like bring traffic from, let's say, your Twitter following. What might be, what would be the best approach for a founder just starting out?
1: Well, do you want, let's work backwards here. I think the goal is incorrect there. Uh, the goal seems to be traffic, but is that really the goal? The goal should be conversions, right? The goal should be sales,
0: right? Right. Exactly.
1: So, so, so just keep in mind, the goal is sales, whether that's offline, online, they don't come through the webpage, they come through the phone. I don't really care which, which method it is. Yeah. And so, so just raw traffic, um, we've built a lot of sites with, you know, half a million visits per month in search engine traffic but that converts to zero sales, right? So traffic is irrelevant. I'd rather have, you know, two traffic and two sales rather than 100,000 traffic and zero sales. And so, so the goal is sales. And a lot of times, especially with B2B products, most of the sales are created over the phone. And so sometimes people put too much investment into their web pages. when I'm telling them, your webpage ha- should have one goal, and that is not to make a sale, it's to get them on the phone that's that's your number one goal and so whenever I look at any sort of piece of marketing I tell people to look backwards what is your goal and everything we do is just to get to that goal that's it there, there's no other purpose of the page so a lot of times people will uh, try to spend too much time like what about this color what about this background I'm like does that matter or are we just trying to get them on the phone are we just trying to collect their information because I'd rather do what, what best does that. And sometimes having a fancy web page is almost the opposite. So actually, I bet so you're in the B2B space. I bet if you notice, you go to almost any B2B site, look what's working. Look what everyone does. The reason everyone does something is oftentimes because it works. And what they have, instead of a buy button for B2B software, they often have like an intake form. Like, so download this white paper, enter your name, enter your email, enter your revenue, enter the size of the team, all that kind of stuff. They're doing that because the way that all the sales are made are over the phone, over a sales call, not from someone clicking buy, like a consumer product. So that's what I always tell people, work backwards to the goal, and everything should revolve around that. I mean, what's working right now, especially,
0: I think, social media marketing is, like, um, really uh, primarily used by pretty much all the companies right now. How important is that? Uh, is that something Honda should be taking seriously?
1: Of course, because, because it used to be that the only way to get leads was go outbound. So you have a C- team that calls everyone and maybe 1% of those people respond. Instead, now you're getting inbound leads. So the internet has been a very much a game changer for that. People can come to my website, explore my content on, w- while I'm sleeping. It doesn't really matter. And then they sign up. They do all the work. They are an inbound lead. So the internet is a great way to do that. So if you have a social following, I would also just say, ignore the term social media. It has such a negative connotation. I'd say ignore social media. It's just we're just connecting with people, whatever platform you choose. You do it, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But the point is, go where your audience actually is. So if you're selling B2B software, oftentimes your your, your prime audience may not be on TikTok for four hours a day, right? And so, but, but LinkedIn is where it's all happening. So I would say, try to dominate one platform where you think you, you know that most of your customers hang out the absolute most. And, and if you put out content based around hiring devs in Latin America and people start following you, let's say you do this for two years straight, you make a commitment that you're gonna put out a lot of good information on this topic. You become the authority. Whenever someone does wanna hire a dev, from Latin America or for a a better price than they'd find here in the States, then maybe they can come to you. So you get inbound leads, but it does take effort. Everyone know everyone wants inbound leads, right? It's a a high commodity. So everyone wants to be at the top of the search results. They want to be at the top of social media. They want to be top of mind, but you have to put effort into that. So it's just rather directing a budget from like a sales team into a marketing team. So you get inbound leads
0: and let's say somebody wants to get started learn about copywriting, you're offering by excellent course, uh, one of the courses I took when I started out. Right. Uh, it definitely did help me. And also the marketing person we brought in, the first thing we did it was literally she had to go through the course, ask her to do that. Uh, so that definitely did help us a lot. Um, I mean, for a lay person who's just uh, listened to it, maybe doesn't know about copywriting as much, just uh, get introduced to the whole thing. What can a person learn uh, from that course right now? How helpful would that be for them?
1: So he- here's the thing. One idea can pretty much change the trajectory of a lot. So whenever I told you that example of our my rave company went from an SEO company to an email marketing company overnight, that was from a friend saying, you should probably learn about copywriting. The way I did it, I read this old school copywriter named Gary Halbert. It was called The Boron Letters that he wrote from jail. He's a kind of... a you know gray area black area uh, direct response marketer but there was a lot of interesting lessons to learn about psychology behind him so the technology changes throughout the years but the human brain hasn't changed in quite a ma- amount of time so creating uh demand creating a sale creating interest for someone has been the same for a very long amount of time so i started reading all these old school copywriters and applying it to my own business and i think the applying it to my own business part was far more impactful So, of course, there is the learning aspect, but then there's the actual doing aspect that, as you know, you can teach someone to ride a bike all day conceptually, but until they put their legs on a pedal, it it doesn't really matter. Then it all suddenly clicks in place. So the copywriting course, it's actually more than just a course. There are videos that you can watch with training, but then we put assignments to everything. And we've actually been increasing that as the technologies gets better. We have an entire forum inside there. And not only do you get assignments, but people will give feedback. So professional writers get feedback on your writing. So that I think is the most helpful part that you can go learn, practice and get feedback. So you can learn, practice and iterate on your copywriting. And you'll start to notice that. Let's say you learn how to write a cold email a little bit better. You'll notice that that lesson applies to sales pitches. You'll notice that that lesson applies to social media. That lesson applies to YouTube. It applies to basically getting information across to another person in the best way possible. That's what we're trying to teach you. So no matter what the technology that springs up next is, let's say VR takes over, you'll be able to tell a good story and make sales in VR because it does, it, the technologies are relevant. The, the psychology is the most important. So that's what we pride ourselves on. So when people join copywriting course, they get access to whatever they're working on. So if they're trying to send emails, we say, just go to this email writing course and we'll show you the best way. Then you apply that and iterate and get better and better and better. And the cool thing is once you know how to do that, you kind of know how to do it for life. So that's why it's such an impactful skill. I say just being able to rearrange words or rearrange the story that you're telling someone is is such a good impact skill because it costs very little to no money, but the results can be tremendous.
0: Uh, let's talk a bit about um email marketing. How important is that today? Is it still working today or is it more spammy if you're doing right now? How do you see that?
1: It's still it's still the number one thing. I know I know social media, so you get TikTok, you get Instagram, all that kind of stuff. That that's hot and sexy, but um email marketing still is the way that most big companies make most of their money. That is that every single person I know. It's usually where most of the money comes in. If they do a product launch, they send it out to their email list. If they have a product uh, that's a brand new feature, they send it out to their email list. If they are trying to sign up free customers, the number one thing they ask for is their email. If you're giving away a download, the number one thing they ask for is email. Look at every single big social media traffic site or social channel that you're looking to, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. They still try to get you to their website so they can sign up your email. And so it's like, why is every single person in the world that's good at marketing trying to get your email? And it's because the single path that you completely own for the most part, maybe you could argue that maybe Google owns a little bit, but most people, you control that path. So uh, Facebook pages, remember Facebook pages a long time ago, 10 plus years ago, people were spending millions of dollars to boost their Facebook pages. When's the last time you've been to a Facebook page? It is wiped off the face of the earth for the most part. And so the technology changes quite a bit, but email is always the same. Email you could depend on. And also email is not quite as annoying as text messages. Text messages interrupt people when you send them. Email is like, you can send quite a bit of email and you don't actually interrupt people's day. Rather they check their inbox at their own leisure and see your emails. But the nature of email has been changing. I think you cannot spam people as much. People have far more filters, which thank God, otherwise my my Gmail would be a nightmare. But you have to send good stuff via email you can't just send like hey buy this hey buy this hey buy that people will unsubscribe unless they specifically want for whatever reason that product to spam them so for that reason i'd say email is still the number one marketing channel if i had to give up all of my different channels i would still keep email over everything that is that's is where all my revenue come from all the people that consult with us that's pretty much 100 of the case the email list is still by far the most important thing even though it's been around for a while email still seems old but um it, it's far better than any social channel i've seen so far
0: so how do you stand out um, i mean if you like let's say my uh, email gets flooded with uh emails every day so let's say uh, you want to stand out among the other emails how would you do that
1: Give good content. So here's the thing. Uh, I made up a rule. So uh, I, was, I was part of this company called AppSumo, right? And so I was writing all the emails out uh, to a million plus people a day. And the number one thing I noticed, I made up a, a, a mnemonic. It's 70% content, 30% sales. If I was, trying to, I was trying to sell something to someone every single day, we were basically like Groupon for software. We were trying to pitch you something every single day in email. So that means every single day I show up in your inbox and I go, hey, buy this thing. Now, that's pretty annoying for the most part. So how did I get around that? I said, let me give them mostly good content. It has to be way above 50%. So I said, 70% good content, 30% sales. So if I said, let's say there's a a software called Grasshopper, which is like a phone tree system. So when someone calls your number, it has a phone tree system, an automated response system and directs your call. And so you can make a one-person lawyer. Uh, look like they have a big law firm. You can make a one person e-commerce shop look like they have a big support department, right? And so I said, instead of saying grasshopper, hundred dollars off, here you go. That's a little bit annoying and doesn't provide much context. I would say, how can I provide 70% of the value? So I say, here's how I used grasshopper in my own company and made my small one person company look like a big company. And it also gave me more time to get on the phone and answer someone's question. And so I would show that process, and by the end, people go, oh, that's really cool. I could use that for my company. I could use that for my law firm. I could use that for my plumbing company. I could use that for my electrician company. And then at the end, I say, by the way, we have a deal on it. So I'm actually telling them, I'm, I'm informing them with something new. They learned something from that email, and they could look forward to opening that email every single day and learning something new, even if they don't buy it. That was my deal with them. And so people said, I love your newsletter. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I mean, I'm trying to sell you something every day. I should be an annoying person, but I'm not. And it was because I was giving them a lot of value. And so that's what I think that's the cardinal sin of many email newsletters. There'll be an insurance company and they'll just say, buy this product, buy this product, here's one of our other products. It's all about me, 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 rather than what can you give them? What can you give the, the user that's educational for them, right? That, that's the secret to a really, really good newsletter. 70% content, 30% sales. right. Um, And going forward
0: uh, on the horizon, what is that you're seeing as new means of marketing, uh, apart from social media, uh, email marketing, do you see something interesting coming up that people should be looking out for?
1: Yeah, going back to old school stuff. So so people have moved away from all the old school. They've moved away from radio, they've moved away from newspapers, they've moved from billboards, bus station flyers, sponsoring a bench, you know, those types of things that used to be the way that people marketed, but now all this uh, newfangled internet stuff is coming up. And the internet stuff is far more interesting because if you buy a billboard, you have no idea who's seen it. There's no, there's no numbers, no metrics, very, very vague metrics that you can get. Whereas if you sponsor a Facebook ad, you can see exactly how many people bought it, how many cents you spend, all that kind of stuff. So people get fascinated and move towards the internet, but they forget that there's this whole world of offline. Like most of the economy, by by and large, is off the internet. And so I think people forget about those old school marketing tactics. Um, Let me give you a quick story. This woman came to me a few years ago and wanted to dominate the internet for her. She lived in a medium-sized city in the United States. She wanted to be the number one real estate agent online. And I remember thinking like, why online? Because she didn't know much about the internet. She was very not internet savvy. So she spent two years trying to do this and came to me as a last resort. And I said, what were your past results? And she told me she used to be the number two realtor in that whole area. And I was like, what are you doing on this internet stuff And she's like i don't know i just thought the internet's kind of the future or whatever i'm like you're competing with redfin zillow all these different marketplaces that are really good at the internet there's almost no way you you who have no benefit uh, or advantage on the internet will win and i asked what did you used to do to be the number two real estate agent in the entire area she's like well every tuesday i just went and knocked on a bunch of doors and just talked to people i was like well then do that like, you should not do this internet stuff. You're, you're at a huge disadvantage. And so so she started doing that again and going up the ranks incredibly fast. The, the Her second marketing method that worked really well, you know the signs on the side of the road that say, we buy your house, that kind of thing? They put those up. That's it. Um, that was her whole marketing budget. Her knocking on doors and putting these signs up. And she started going up again and she ditched, ditched the whole internet thing. So I think too many people try to compete on the internet when in fact the internet is sometimes a little bit zero sum. For example, how many to- number one Google results are there when you search? There's one. So that means everyone's competing for that one spot, right? Um, but but how many intersections are there <laughs> in a city? Uh, hundreds, thousands that you could put signs up that you have no competition on. And so I think actually going backwards sometimes is the best. And a, a lot of people come to us saying like, how do we get leads on our homepage and get them to convert with an autoresponder? I'm like, have you ever thought of calling them? You know, that, that, that is still one of the biggest ways that most business is done. So if you look at Facebook, Microsoft, Google, all these places have 20,000 plus salespeople, all their biggest accounts have people that they're just, there's two people talking over the phone. That's most of what the business is. That's most of how the economy runs. And so I'd say some people are a little too fascinated with the internet and trying to get their word out there. When in fact, some of these old school marketing methods are coming back in, in style. In fact, you can buy billboards for cheaper than you could buy ads right now. So I, I've seen companies buying billboards and spending $10,000 on that to get all this, all this uh, publicity on billboards rather than just, you know, a few days worth of Facebook ads. So it, it, just, it just depends what's the cheapest way to get the word out to the most amount of people. Let's talk a
0: bit about AppSmall. Um, did AppSmall start marketing purely via email when they start? They're a huge company. I think they have nine-figure revenue. Um, how instrumental email
1: was for them? I mean, email the whole thing. Where else does AppSumo make revenue? It's it's all email, 100% email. Yeah, I wish there was a better answer. I wish you could say, oh, partially social. It's all email, all email. So, I mean, so, and it's also, you send out an email informing people of a deal and show them how it works and all that kind of stuff. And at the end you say, this deal is about to go away and you'll always see a big flood of uh, orders on that last day when it's about to go away. But AppSumo, the the most valuable thing is the email list. I mean, absolutely by far. And if someone were to acquire a company like that, what they're buying is that customer list, that email list, that's what they're buying. So another company I'm involved with uh, called The Hustle sold. And what HubSpot bought The Hustle for was the access to all those readers, the email list. That was also an email marketing company. That's it. I mean, you can call it an events company. You can call it all that, but everything was based off the email list.
0: Right. Um, how about uh, found a new founder uh, trying to create an email list with a lot emails? What would be the best way to collect emails right now?
1: I think the, so number one is still the same tactics. Like if you go on Google and type in how to collect, get email addresses. All those articles will be correct. All those tactics are exactly the same. What I think is hard is for people to want to be on your email list. So just remember, the jig is up. Everyone knows that email is valuable now, right? 20 years ago is still kind of a secret. Only a few people knew about it, but now everyone knows. And so what can someone get that they're going to sign up for your email with? So I actually think software companies have done a good job. So if you want, if you want access to our software for free for a week, you have to sign up your email. So get your, their email address over there. The other way is social media nowadays. So if you follow Twitter or anything, you see most people when they write long threads in order to get followers, they're actually eventually trying to convert you to an email subscriber. That's the ultimate goal. Or if you look at any big YouTube channel, they'll always try to direct you to a website where you sign up your email. And so you can put out content to get people's email, but just remember content marketing is a long-term game. There is something to say that like, you should be willing to do this several times a week for two years. I, if, you're, if you're not willing to do that, I don't think content marketing is going to work too well. And so that's the number one way, uh, offering free downloads of something. So something valuable that people can get. It used to be like, download this PDF, which works, still works to this day. But I think, for example, let's say, um, here's a couple different downloads I've made that are really good. I made a pricing calculator. So how much should you charge? Let's say you want to make a million dollars in revenue. So I type in a million and it shows me how many products I need to sell to make a million dollars, right? So I need to send 10 products at hundred thousand dollars or hundred products at thousand dollars to make a million revenue like that. And I made a little calculator like that and offered that download and a bunch of people downloaded it. That was a good example of how to get people uh, their email. Another one is giveaways. This one works really well, but can bring in low quality people. So let me tell you how to do this. Giveaways are very effective saying like, we're going to give this away. There's some uh, software called King Sumo. There's different uh, raffle copter. There's all sorts of different softwares that'll do it. And you can run a giveaway and then people can bring in their friends for extra points. These work very well. but you have to be very careful about what you give away. So for example, I run a writing company. If I was saying, I'm going to give away a MacBook Pro You know who wants a MacBook Pro for free? Everyone in the world. There's no one who doesn't want that. Or I'm going to give away a Tesla. Everyone wants a free Tesla. (laughs) But instead, what I do to make sure that the giveaways are very targeted, like targeted email addresses, I say, I'm going to give away my 10 favorite copywriting books. So it's not a very high price prize, but the people that really want that are all going to be the people that I want on my email list. So giveaways are still a very good tactic. To do uh, i'd say going on product hunt so if there's a there's a new founder i'd say doing something like product hunt and launching and then on their web page saying get on our web uh beta list and sign up for our email address that is a very valid way also to get interested customers just remember if you're going to get customer or emails you want your target customer preferably you don't just want random emails you'll eventually have to filter those out and then people will not be interested in your emails in the long run So all those methods are very good. And the funny thing is, I wish there was some secret, but every big company I've been involved with uh, to make a big email list, let's say the the Hustle or the AppSumo reaching million, two million things. And then my own email list which in the hundreds of thousands, that kind of stuff, it's like just doing these things over and over and over for years is how you build those big email lists, doing a giveaway. And then sometimes the giveaways don't work all that well. And then you offer a download and then you have a popular post on Google uh, or or SEO. It ranks number one. So you put a download at the end for that. Doing all those things is how you build an email list over time. I wish it was more magic than that, but that is the answer. It's a little bit boring, but that is how you do it. Now, if people are to find you, where can they find
0: you Uh, on socials so they can learn more from you?
1: Yeah, the the ultimate place where most of my writing lives is copywritingcourse.com. So if you go there, you'll see our blog, we have a podcast, all that kind of stuff. You can also follow me on Twitter at NevMed. I'm most active there in terms of the most amount of activity and then it flows into all our other things. So uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook and it posts all the content there too. But for the most part, I'm active on Twitter if you wanna interact with me or you can join our copywriting course. Not, so not only is it a course, but we actually I'm in there all day. So we actually have a big community. That's the main thing that people come for. And then every Thursday we do office hours. So if you wanna ask me a question, say, hey, how can I make this email newsletter better? Well, I'll actually review it for you on live and we'll just talk about it. So it's kind of like, you get free consulting too. Um, So pretty accessible inside the course. So I'd say go to copywritingcourse.com. And if you wanna see what we do for email newsletters, you go to copywritingcourse.com or copywritingcourse.com slash newsletter. And we send out a Friday newsletter. And then we also offer all these different copywriting tips that we send out um, every single week. So probably send uh, two emails a week to you, including our Friday newsletter. So if you wanna make your own newsletter for your company, I would say making a weekly or bi-weekly newsletter is probably the, one of the best ways to do email marketing right now. People like newsletters, people like getting it at the same time on the same day. And it's actually very simple. I wrote a, if you type in copywriting course, how to build a newsletter, I made a really good video on that a lot of people have used and copied. And I'd say, do it too. Uh, uh, just a, a, a process on how to make a really good newsletter. And you could actually put one of your employees in charge of it. it it's pretty good. So follow me on copywritingcourse.com basically.
0: Um, and what about YouTube? Are you actually on YouTube as well?
1: Yeah, if you type in Neville Madura on YouTube or Neville Copywriting on YouTube. So it's youtube.com slash copywriting and it's spelled with a K. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So I think that's going to attach all the URLs on the uh, description as well on the video so people can find Neville. Um, yeah, Neville, that was super helpful. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people would like to reach out to you, follow you, and sign up to the course so they can find your details on the description. We're going to add that. And thanks for coming in. Thank
1: you very much. I appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was an honor. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Desiree. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thank you all for tuning in. If you like the episode, spread the word, share it on your socials. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta for more sneak peeks on what's to come. Until next week, keep on building.